0: to Palindrome, a podcast by Nerdific.com. We are going through the 2020 film Tenet by Christopher Nolan. This is episode 5 of our attempt to solve Tenet. Try to figure out what it is. What the heck is going on? We've decided it's one of the most confusing movies we've ever seen and we're trying to unravel its mysteries. My name is Gabe. I'm here with Rebecca. Hey Rebecca. Hello, hello. So what timestamp are we starting with for this episode.
1: 1731.
0: Why don't you give a summary of the scene that we are talking about today?
1: So the scene is about him meeting Neil. So he's in Mumbai, he meets Neil. Uh, they decide how they're going to get into um, meet, I can't remember. San-
0: Sanjay Singh?
1: Sanjay Singh, thank you, I was gonna say the Um And then they have that meeting and then they get out. <laughs>
0: Okay, great. Um, So just a warning, in case you haven't listened to other episodes, this podcast is full spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, don't listen to this because we're going to spoil everything. And um, another thing is with the timestamps, we are watching this on Amazon Prime. So whatever you're watching on might be slightly different.
1: So I'll, I'll start with saying that I really like this scene. Like, it was almost hard for me to, like, have notes on it because every time I would rewatch it, I was just, like, watching it. (laughs) Sure, yeah. I just, I feel like it's the first scene that, like, things are explained. Things make sense. I could follow it. I could track it. I could, like, anticipate and not in a way that it was, like, predictable, but it felt like, okay, I see where things are going and I'm following, which, like, Feels really nice in this movie because up to this point I've had no absolutely zero clue what's been happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think that this was just like a really nice reprieve, and so I really liked this scene. Um, so one of the first things is, um, do they tell us it's in Mumbai? I can't remember if there was a on the screen it tells you, or if you
0: just here's figure it out. here's how it's it's not on the screen. Okay. I looked for it. Um, I was waiting for them to do it because that would have been a very Christopher Nolan thing to do. But, um, basically what they do right at the beginning of the scene, he calls what I assume is a CIA contact and he does the, it's a twilight world, the the person on the other end who, who I think we could probably match a voice up with one of the guys from the beginning. If we were,
1: that was my first question. If we were supposed to be able to do that, I I couldn't, but I, I agree with you. We probably could.
0: Yeah. I, I'm going to assume that's what it is and it doesn't really matter. Right. um, but so he says it's a Twilight World. The guy on the other end um, does his answer. Um, no friends at dusk, and and he says, "I thought you left the building," meaning I thought you were dead. And then and then he says uh, the protagonist says something like, "No, I just retired."
1: Oh no! said even dead guys need friends.
0: Right. And then the guy on the other end goes specifically, and. Um,
1: Even the dead need allies.
0: Even the dead need allies. Uh, So, yeah, I remember from last two episodes ago, I believe it was, um, you know, he took the cyanide, quote-unquote, pill, which turned out to be a test. So these CIA operatives think they're dying when they take these pills, but they're they're actually not. It's some kind of test. Um, So that's when he says, I need a contact in Mumbai. Okay.
1: And obviously, like, they showed the skyline, so, like... Maybe I'm supposed to recognize the Mumbai right. skyline. I don't.
0: Yeah, and, and he goes, "I need a contact in Mumbai. I need to get into Sanjay Singh's house." And then I goes, um, "Not going to happen." And this protagonist says, "Like You're, I'm looking right at it."
1: Which like was the house supposed to evoke something for us? Like, obviously, I understand they're trying to show it's like this like fortress, hard to get into type thing. But I felt like the way. The angle in which they showed it to us the first time—it was supposed to like evoke something—and and for me, it just looked weird and uneven. So I don't know if it's like a Mumbai architectural thing, or mm. if it was trying to like, you know, invoke, like a castle. Um, what are what are the what are the things on the ends of the castle called? Turrets. Um, turrets. Yeah. Was it yeah. supposed to like evoke a turret? Like I felt like. How he showed it and how, like, it lingered there for a second, I was supposed to, like, get something from it, and I didn't.
0: Yeah, well, and there was also a guard with a a gun, a rifle, on the balcony. So, I'm not sure. I didn't get anything other than the guard with the gun.
1: Okay. Because, I mean, it's, like, incredibly tall, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Like, I guess... That would be safer but i feel like most of the times when they're showing you these like really safe houses they're like single story but like big walls around them kind of thing so i don't know
0: i almost feel like the the language they were using was just sp- supposed to like inform us that this it was a hard place to get into without because to me it, it just looked like another building right so i think because he has that conversation on the phone and then when we meet neil played by robert Pattinson, um. Same thing, Neil says like something about um he says getting out alive, getting out alive but also like are you willing to take hostages to get in type thing, so they're just like making this place sound like it's very hard to get into, but even though it looks like just an apartment building,
1: agreed, okay,
0: yeah, um,
1: so and then that yeah. was the next thing, like meeting Neil was um um interesting, obviously, I feel like. Um, the way they're talk. Well, okay, so first of all, the getting out alive is the problem thing. I understand why they're saying that they're setting it up that it's hard to, you know, get in and all that, but getting out was like the easiest part for them.
0: <laughs> so right.
1: it's kind of like, obviously like they planned it like, and all that. So, I mean, I kind of get it, but it's also like, why would you highlight that? to then make it really easy it just felt kind of weird to me um
0: i you're right though i mean i didn't i didn't even really think about this so you brought it up the it it literally looks like an apartment building like go to any big city point at a tall apartment building and that's exactly what it looks like and yeah. then like the way they're talking about it they're making it sound like it's fort knox right uh so i i think maybe they overdid it on the language So that we have a greater sense of, a a looming sense of this is like this huge like weapons arms dealer, Um, even though the visual, the visuals don't match what they're saying. what
1: it is. But even with that being said, I still, I really enjoyed their dialogue. Like Mm -hmm. I felt like it both like flowed and was like clever and interesting and like gave you insights about like. I mean, not that Nolan ever beats you over the head with anything, but, like, was just very, like, it was just very enjoyable.
0: So what do you think of Neil immediately shooting one of the guards, right, when he gets... So, well, first of all, let's talk about how they get in there. Well, hold on. Okay.
1: (laughs) I still have more about them talking. (laughs)
0: Oh, okay. Then...
1: Um, Neil and the protagonist. Okay. So I feel like, obviously, Neil is trying to, or they're trying to give the viewer a clue that Neil knows the protagonist. You know, like, he knows his drink. He doesn't give him a name. Mm -hmm. I mean, whereas I feel like in any of these situations, like, that would be, I mean, like, he literally put out his hand and said, Neil, and he didn't get a name back. Like, at least that would get a comment, like, oh, no name? Okay, you know, or, like, at least gonna give me a fake one or something, you know? So I feel like between the lack of name and the drink order... They, that's Nolan trying to tell the viewer, like, hey, these have a previous relationship. Like, yeah. this, this guy knows them.
0: Right. No, Which is true. super
1: subtle, and I did not get the first oh, time. Oh, yeah.
0: Definitely, definitely <laughs> did not get that the first time. But you're right, though, because, again, full spoilers, one of the last things we learn in the film is that um, Neil did go through one of the um, entropy turnstiles and go back in time, and he is the one who uh saved, saved the yeah. protagonist in the, the opera, opera house um at the very in the first scene of the movie and so
1: and it's like we don't get like the full full story but like they've worked together for like a long time and like you know obviously well and and then it like apparently neil works for the protagonist which is something at the end that will hopefully get more clarity on this read this time through but so,
0: hold on hold on we, we need to so this could get tricky though because so when Neil steps into the turnstile um, he is going backwards in time um, sometime some point in the future he he gets in a turnstile and goes back in time yeah that's why he's wearing a mask in the opera house to say the protagonist because one of the parts one of the features of when you're going inverted, is That your lungs don't uh, absorb the oxygen in the right way so you have to wear like an oxygen mask So he's wearing a mask in the opera house. That's one of the reasons. We know he's inverted does that mean I, I Guess, you know, honestly at this point I'm unclear when you go into the turnstile turnstile Can you run into a previous version of yourself as you start going backwards in time? Can you run into? Yourself going yes. forwards in time. Yeah, okay, so that would mean Because in this scene that we're talking about right now, Neil and the protagonist are moving in the same direction. Right. So if this is the quote unquote Neil from the future, that means that he was in a turnstile going back. He went further back than this scene, further back in time than this scene, and then went back through a turnstile to get to this scene that's the only way he would have the knowledge of the future because he's not moving backwards in time in this scene he's moving with with the protagonist so that means he'd have to go into a turnstile go back go back into a turnstile go forward meet the protagonist
1: no and that's yes and that's a good point because i think the way i took at the end or near the end where they reveal that you know they've worked together and you know, works for the protagonist, and, like, this is all the protagonist's plan, that, like, they had had many missions, and this was just one of them, but I think your theory would would apply the same, that it was just this one, but they obviously just, like, are meeting in both periods of time and working together and getting to know each other, so, like, this, there's this one mission, but it's, you know, over a, a large span of time, because they're going backwards and forwards in it.
0: Yeah, but but so I'm saying like yeah. you're you're saying that maybe they're hinting that because in this scene they make it seem like Neil just did his homework that right because um uh when 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 he makes the call to the CIA guy at the beginning and he says I need a contact in Mumbai he gets hooked up with Neil so we assume Neil is in the intelligence community so like when you first see this scene you think like oh just Neil just did his homework he yeah. like read up on the protagonist. But you're suggesting that maybe this isn't um, the first time they've met. Right. That this is Neil who has gone through turnstiles going forward and backwards. Um, So so either Neil has gone through multiple turnstiles to get to this point, or this is more just like a... um, a tease at, at that future relationship because he, cause there could be two Neils. Like we just said, there's, there's, yeah, there's yeah. a Neil going forward and a Neil going backwards. If this could be forward Neil, who hasn't done this before, but we know at the end forward Neil does is says what you just said. He says right. to the protagonist, we've done this before. We know things about each other, blah, blah, blah. So protagonist, this is his first go around, so to speak. Right. But Neil probably not yeah most likely not and actually it would be weird if it wasn't his first go around because the first time we see neil is at the very beginning of the movie and he's going backwards and then the very last scene of the movie he's going forwards and he um and also there's an inverted fight later yeah and we know that neil was in on it then so this scene would stand out as the only time that neil was not into it it, in 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 on it, right? So basically,
1: but he's insinuating that he is
0: in he, he, it. So basically, he's the, the most it. logical thing is he's always in on it, yeah. and, and we're never like observing first go around Neil. We're right. always observing Neil who was Are traveled back right. and forth through different turnstiles. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I I literally didn't pick that up till you till you said that. I mean, that's why we're doing this. <laughs> okay.
1: Um. So then the other thing I thought, because because with all of that, it's a little confusing to me that the protagonist, I feel, is like a clean slate in all of this. So it's like, yeah, Neil is kind of like aware of backwards and forwards and everything that's going on. The protagonist is just like, I'm brand new. Right. And and that's how it kind of seems at the end, because that's when they tell him like, oh, you're like the boss. You're the one controlling all this. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I had no idea. So I don't quite understand that, but then I thought, like, their, um, their little dialogue about bungee jumpable, like, I thought that was trying to show that the protagonist was, like, really comfortable with Neil. Like, you know, they already had this, like, rapport going on, so then maybe, like, even if he's not fully aware of this past relationship, he can, like, feel this, like, okay, like, we already kind of know how to talk to each other. Just because, like, again, I'm assuming Nolan doesn't do anything just, like, for the hell of it. (laughs) And it was like, I thought a funny bit of dialogue for them to like go back and forth on bungee jumpable. So I thought to me, it just showed that the protagonist like, you know, had, could be, was a little, he wasn't just like straight all business. Like, you know, I don't know. I just thought that showed a comfort between them.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just trying to think as you're saying that, was there anything that Neil did that would have, gave the protagonist comfort other than
1: i mean he's a pretty relaxed guy yeah and was like giving him the right information right and and you know maybe just because he showed him like maybe the protagonist taking it in as you did your homework and you know that i don't drink on the job or whatever kind of thing he felt like okay we can you know i know you're a legit right whatever you are person
0: okay well can we talk about how they get in the building now
1: Yes, please let's because my note on that is I do not understand the logistics geography movements of it That being said totally bought it I was like, yeah, that's how they got in. But like watching it and trying to break it down. I'm like, wait, where are they? Where are they going? How did they get up there? Where did they how many floors are there? Like it's a very Black box kind of thing, but did you understand it more?
0: you know, I No, like so it's one of the scenes that's in the preview. If you've seen the preview, it's one of the main parts of of the trailer, or preview, or whatever. It's it shows them. It looks like they're like defying physics and running up the side of a building. Um, but they're not, and they're not. And then even the first time we watched it, I thought they were defying the rules of physics. Totally. I, th- I thought that they were on. I, I thought they were on inverted bungee. Yeah. Jump so did I. Ropes. Yeah. But they're not. No. At watching it now a couple times, what they're doing is so they shoot ropes up with grappling hooks. They're grappling onto a railing. And then they're creating tension. And then a, a lot of tension, apparently. And then when the tension releases, it shoots them up the side of the building. And they are using their legs to, like, not slam into the building by, like, running up it. Yeah. It seemed needless. And one thing they did establish when Neil and the protagonist met, they're like, yeah, it's not, we can't parachute off. It's not tall enough. So we could bungee jump off. Um, And that's why they decide to bungee jump up and down. So I think, like, visually, it's in keeping with the, like, the symmetry of the movie where it's, like, Um, What goes up must come down. What goes down must come up. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, it's symmetrical. Their entrance is symmetrical with their exit. Yeah. Um, But I personally thought it was needlessly confusing.
1: No, I totally agree. But I think between the dialogue and the way it's shown, like, both the first time I watched it and this time, I'm, like, completely on board to just go with it. Sure. Because it's, like, if you do... And I think that's where, like, Nolan will, like, go to movie making. You know, I feel like I've tried to say a couple times, like, well, maybe that was just a movie choice. And I don't think he does it very often. Like, I think he always has, like, a reason and, like, a explanation for why he does things, even if I don't understand them. But this, I feel like it was, like... Could he have walked us through, okay, they went to different floors, they knew where the security was versus where they were and how they were gonna get to different ones. But like it doesn't matter. Like they got right. in, they did right. what they needed to do. But yeah, trying to like watch just what they give you and break it down, it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, and you're right, it doesn't matter. I think I think maybe you and I can point out though, like we just said, that it's not an inverted no. an entropy yeah. bungee jump rope. Because I literally, that's exactly what I thought the first time I saw the movie. And I'm 100%. sure a lot of people, first time they see it, that's exactly what they're going to think. That's no, not totally what's happening. I
1: agree. Yeah, no, I agree with that.
0: So they get up there. How do you feel about Neil shooting one of the guys right away?
1: Um, Yeah, it seems, it seems a little extreme, especially when he tells the other guys in the security room to go ahead and eat your dinner. <laughs>
0: yeah, right.
1: Um, I mean, I guess maybe we can assume he was... It was not. It was a stun gun or something. I don't know. <laughs> no. I mean, it does. Yeah, it does. Just seem like he shot him, and it seems a little extreme. But
0: yeah, well, you know, um, in Inception, when Leonardo DiCaprio's character, he'll freely shoot people, and at, when you first see it, you don't know that you're in a dream, and it does has that same effect. Like, dang, he's he's going in to steal something, but he's just like shooting these people in the back of the head. But then also in the in this movie, in the um, opera house, the protagonist, right when he goes into the, the box with uh, the contact, he immediately shoots the guy. And we're a little unclear. It, it appears that that guy was like going to shoot him, right. had yeah. a gun and was like legitimately a bad guy and was on the wrong side. Um it, but, like, the sense that I get a lot of times is that um, these people, because they're, you know, th- they're fighting for the, the greater good, that, like, they don't have time yeah, to, like...
1: Properly deal with these things. Right.
0: Like, they have to do whatever it takes to, um, to save the world. Yeah. So, and I think that's what we're supposed to think, is that, like, y- yes, it's not the nicest thing, but the stakes are too high for anything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. And it didn't, it was another, I just, I mean, like I said, I just enjoyed this whole scene that I felt like it just flowed and I was willing to just like accept. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what I had to do to get to the next part. Okay.
0: Like yeah. it didn't
1: really bump me.
0: Right. Uh, and it's the only reason I bring up that inception thing is because I remember the first time I saw inception, I thought that that was extreme. Yeah. But I, I feel like that almost prepped me for this movie of him just, like, immediately shooting a guy in the back of the head. Yeah. Just move right <laughs> along. I could do that. Uh, So, I but, you know, the alternative being what? I guess he runs up behind him and chokes him. Uh, A split second later, there is an alternative where he just points the gun at the guy and, like, shushes him. Yeah. Like, basically, don't put, drop your weapon. I don't know why the first guy didn't get a don't drop your weapon, but... Um, wrong place wrong time yeah i don't know i guess we're just supposed to be okay with the stakes are so high that they don't have time to to mess around with anything else yeah and and maybe they've already established that these are bad guys and that they are uh, a kill on site type target like these are bad people and they're just they're too dangerous to to do anything else other than kill on site but so it creates an issue though so um the protagonist makes contact with Sanjay Singh, who is the husband of somebody. She says she just says her name is Singh. Yeah. When she introduces herself, she, she says Singh, and she does the whole tenant thing with the fingers interlaced. Uh, prota- well, and
1: I like that. Like it was kind of like an unnecessary thing to make it her instead of him, but like I liked it. I thought it was fun.
0: Right. Um,
1: nice little misdirect.
0: Right uh protagonist does the fingers laced back and says tenant that that oh, gives
1: yeah. i don't think she says that oh
0: I, that you're right. right you're right she does oh no
1: it does she says i'm priusing
0: yeah um so that gives the protagonist the go ahead to be like oh i can put my gun down and talk to this person because presumably people who know this code are are like part oh, of same the side. yeah i guess part of the solution.
1: But see, because it's even before that, before he gets to the tenant part, he says, I'm not the man they send to negotiate. I'm the man people talk to. And it's like, which is a, a nice line. And like, I like how it all flows, but it's like, you literally don't know who sent you though. <laughs> like nobody sent you. Like you don't know what you're doing. So I just kind of like, as I'm rewatching it stood out to me, it's like, but you don't know why they sent you here. Like you don't know what you're really doing.
0: Well, okay, even though he's, like, re, like, the, he's legally dead to the CIA, I, I look at this whole movie as he still works for the CIA, and this is a CIA mission, but he's it's, like, a joint effort with whatever this tenant yeah, organization tenant is. Okay. Um, so uh, it, he actually seems like he's a- actually about to shoot um, Sanjay, Sanjay. Um, before Priya steps in. So, back, back to the whole, you know, take no prisoners type thing that, that Nolan does with a lot of this stuff. But, um, so anyway, so so then they sit down and they have a drink and a conversation.
1: Which so, I wish they had focused being a gin and tonic I knew, enthusiast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was wishing that had a little more whatever, but it's fine.
0: Yeah, I knew you were going to say something <laughs> like that. Um, You're in
1: Mumbai, you're getting him a drink, it's a clear liquid. Let's give a little love to gin and tonics.
0: <laughs> Well, okay, don't you think it's a little weird that, like, there's a warm body on the balcony that that Neil just iced this guy in the back of the head? And he probably knows, like, it's probably their personal bodyguards.
1: See, I, I think, I, I don't think they're on the same floor.
0: Um, well, okay, but they're in the same, they're in their, the same quote-unquote house.
1: Right, but I think the whole thing is their house. So I think the, the, they knew the security was on a higher or a lower floor, and that's where Neil is, and then the protagonist is on a different floor.
0: I'm just saying, like, I think people who have close guards like that, like, they know who they are. Like, they're, like, probably, like, friendly with them. They're, like, f- almost family. Like, you're not going to have, like, a, a rotating shift of guys because you couldn't trust them. It would be, like, a small unit of people... And then Neil just killed one of them. And now the protagonist is sitting there having a drink and they're they're chatting and they're very like cordial with each other.
1: Yeah, but if he's on a different floor and Neil has all the security guys wrapped up, they don't know, know they don't, he's dead. I know
0: they don't know, but it's inappropriate.
1: Oh, okay, I see. You're saying the protagonist <laughs> should have been more empathetic to them having lost someone?
0: <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's just a little... It undermines the cordial, almost... Like, she's very endearing to him. At one point, she calls him fresh as a daisy. And it's supposed to be this, like, little heartwarming scene almost. But it's like... Uh, it, it, to me, when I was watching it, it was completely undermined by the idea that they just broke in and shot one of the guards.
1: This obviously stuck with you a lot more than it stuck with me. I moved right along. <laughs> All right. Okay.
0: Well, I mean... It, so, but anyway, so basically... The, when the protagonist and Priya are talking, this was really the only meat of the scene that we might have to dissect. But honestly, watching it this like you know third time or whatever with closed captions, uh, I don't feel like anything was left like to dissect. So basically, just straight uh, good so, information. Yeah. So the whole reason why he was in Mumbai is because in the previous scene. Um, when they were in the UK and they were going through uh, the the bullets that were moving backwards and, um, you know, the detritus of a coming war, that, that whole scene in, in the laboratory, um, he specifically asked, can you get me a composite of the metals? Uh, and then he explained, if you can tell me about the metals, I can tell you where they came from. And then if I could tell you where they came from, I can tell you the arms dealer. And so that's the whole reason why he's in Mumbai, is because they did an analysis of the metals. It led him to Mumbai. Any arms that are being dealt in Mumbai are gonna go through this Singh uh, group. And that, that's why he's there. So he's asking them, um, what's going on with these inverted bullets? And she's like, I did not invert them. Um, well, who did you deal them to? And they were dealt to Andre Seder. And I remember Seder is part of the uh, the, the Seder square uh, palindrome, five by five square that we talked about in a previous episode. Um, the, that, that's where the name comes from. But, but Andre Seder, we learn, is a, a Russian oligarch. Mm-hmm. And so um, <clears throat> the protagonist didn't know that Seder had anything to do with this until Priya told him. But, but the protagonist already knew about him. Uh, that that so apparently this guy was already a big deal and basically like yeah he's a Russian oligarch who made his money in gas and he's on the outs with Moscow and she's like well it actually wasn't gas it was plutonium I sold him the rounds but he's the one who inverted them and uh, I think she, I think she says he's in London now mm-hmm. and then she also says that he's brokering a deal with the future and then um, and then the protagonist is like you he can speak to the future and she's like well we all do right we send emails text, um and then yeah,
1: just it, anything that goes into the record speaks directly to the future right i don't i do not get that statement.
0: i i think i have i think i can maybe give a idea there but so but she does say something like you put something in the record and then if they send information back that's basically how you're communicating um I don't know if she's right there. I think she's assuming that's what's going on is that he's brokering a deal with the future. But basically all we need to know is she gave him the weapons and the bullets. He is inverted the one them. he is the one who inverted them. Yeah. And then um and, and now we know he's in London and then the last part is before the protagonist and Neil bungee jump away is he goes, "Do you have a contact with British intelligence that you can trust?" And she goes, yes. So now he's going to go to London and he's going to meet with her British intelligence contact. And then they jump off and they they get away um, unharmed. So if you were to write something in stone, uh, a a specific message in stone, you don't know that it's going to last forever, but you assume it could. Or if you wrote it in metal or something and you just like left it somewhere. Somebody in the future, hundreds of years, thousands of years, could then read that message, and then if they have the ability to invert something, they could send, they could send a response back to you. And so, uh, a text, an email, et cetera, et cetera. Those things, you know, we think of them as fleeting. Technically, they could exist on some server somewhere, and that somebody way into the future could read them, and then realize that they have the ability to send via this inverted entropy something back an object which is the whole point of this movie is this algorithm that's now uh sort of represented by these like metal blocks they could have sent those things back in response to some sort of communication that Seder established in the present and then Seder's basically just rolling the dice that whatever that message is is going to last that long and not like Get vaporized in some nuclear holocaust or something, or you know, I mean, I I don't know. It's an extreme example, or just not get deleted from a server, or right. No,
1: I mean, I I get what you're saying. I just I think that's just not. I don't want to say it's leaps, but like it takes a little bit to get there. I feel like there's another way they could have said it because that definitely took me out. She's like, "Well, we all do. Credit cards, email, text, anything that goes into the record speaks directly to the future." I don't think it speaks to the future. I think it's a message that can be read in the future, but like what does a... So like, okay, I use a credit card now that makes a record. How is that speaking to the future? It's something that already has... That happened.
0: Yeah, it's a weird way to say it. I mean, the best way to say it would be like if it's in the record, it's available for somebody in the future to read and right. thus they could respond, to it. respond and, to it. Interpret oh, and respond to it. That great. That would be a better way to it. And because you and I, we're not used to inverting objects and sending them into the past. We don't think of that as a response. Normally, you would just read the record and learn from it or whatever right but but the people in the future are, are able to read it and then like oh i could send this person a message
1: right well and i guess like yeah i agree with that i i think what the point they're trying to get across is if anything that creates any type of record that can withstand you know isn't made in sand or whatever like you know can stand time can speak to the future so i guess like there's not a better way I guess that's, that's the best way to put the dialogue. Cause like how else, like you need a, a quick hand to talk about what records are created. Right. So like uh, to me, like the credit card and the email, like was a little hard for me to get what they were getting at. But mm. when you're saying create a record, those are easy shorthands because right. they have, they physically create records.
0: Right, and I so, think okay. I think maybe the only thing that it does is it emphasizes that we're not saying like that Seder's picking up a phone and talking to the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like your message can be like written down and like represented in bits of data or or just written down, and those things outlast you. Yeah. And, okay. and can exist in the future. I right. think that's what that was all about.
1: Yeah, that no, makes sense. So one thing that is kind of over all of this for me is I don't know if this is something I got from the end that was said or was just inferred, but like, because I guess I just have it in my head that Neil and the protagonist have done like so many missions together that it's like, how, like, are they just getting like different bits of information on each one? Just, I don't know. Sorry, it's not a complete thought. I'm just like, there's all these pieces that like I feel like they're trying to make it seem like obviously it's not a completely linear story because you're going back and forth in time, but it's like the protagonist seems like brand new and fresh and everyone else seems to kind of like already know pieces of it and they're trying to like give him the piece they have so that he can get them to the next piece. Hmm. So it's kind of like, well has Priya already like done... Worked with the protagonist in another mission to figure out that it was Seder, and then now he's coming back and she'd be like, Oh, it's Seder, so now you can go to the next step. Like, I just feel like everyone knows more than him, and I don't understand why.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I I mean, so absolutely, the protagonist is a fresh one. Yeah, Neil, as we've established, we find out he's the boss, (laughs) right? But not that version of Neil. So, I think that's that goes back to there can be two versions of people existing at the same time yeah like and i think they even say something about that like if you see yourself in the past or whatever and and we literally see when they're fighting remember when they fight yeah yeah. yeah. it's literally i can't remember if it's neil or protagonist um so he's like fighting himself yeah it, it was the protagonist so the right. protagonist yeah, yeah, yeah. fights himself an inverted version of himself So if that inverted version then went into a turnstile, he'd be then moving in the same direction as the guy he just fought, and there'd be two of them existing at the same time. So when we're seeing Neil talk to the protagonist in this scene, there's actually a duplicate of himself off in the world somewhere who is a fresh start and isn't But the duplicate. It has to be that because... um, Okay. There, there is a version of Neil who's going through this all for the first time, and he just so you know, inverted Neil need to like needed to like intercept that message or something.
1: Okay, that barely makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they come forward to a point, get a piece of information that they need to go back and share or fix. So that one goes back in time. And another one continues forward in time. See, I don't even think that's um, right.
0: Well, but we don't necessarily know that they have to or are doing that because um, we know that Neil has history. So for all we know, he's this is the first time going back. If in, in this era, it could be the first time that he's gone back this for this era. Maybe for other missions further in the future, they've gone back and forth. But but this protagonist, there is another version of himself out there who is more knowledgeable, who is pulling the strings. Full spoilers here. Because we learn he is actually like the, the leader of Tenet, perhaps. I think that's what we're going with.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I mean, that's because you think at least for a while that it's Priya because she like seems to have all the answers. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, some at the very end, she's like, no, like I'm, you know, going at your direction, but it's like, then how come, like, why are they like spoon feeding it to him?
0: Maybe, maybe the reason they're spoon feeding it is because, um, it has to be a closely kept secret because if Seder were to find out, um, because we know the protagonist is going to meet with Seder at some point. Uh, so if, if Seder were to find out through any means, Seder would change course, and all of that research that you're talking about would be lost. Yeah,
1: would be pointless. Uh, okay, because I mean, definitely... And, and it's
0: not confirmed that Priya knows, or that she's gone back and forth. She doesn't actually look like it, the type who would go back... Do you, can you imagine her putting on an oxygen mask and fighting backwards like because you have to really fight in the world that you're going backwards in it's like a huge challenge
1: but isn't she the one at the end that says i work for you
0: uh i know that neil says that i don't remember her saying that
1: i think they're in the car
0: okay yeah well i don't, I don't know
1: they're in the car when they're watching um what's her name pick up her kid
0: it's also possible that like the protagonist talks to her the the informed mastermind tech protagonist talks to her at some point yeah. without her going back and forth and like maybe that's all she knows is that M- maybe he yeah. go maybe he approaches her and says hey a um an ignorant version of me is gonna talk to you and so here's what you need to tell him you need to use this tenant hand motion yeah, phrase thing. and then you need to tell him about andre sater and that's it
1: well and like you know, to be clear, this is only confusing because we know the end. Watching it the first way through, just great scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just come through. Like, you're blank with the protagonist. So, like, which is, like, obviously always a good movie-making move. Like, you're looking at it from the eye of the protagonist and learning with him. Mm-hmm. But but then, yeah, going back, you're like, but why does he not know anything? <laughs> and, like, why does everyone else who he's working with, who we find out works for him, know more and are giving him bits and pieces, so it's just a little Well, a
0: but, clear on but that. But I think there's only two people who are working. Maybe the dude on the boat that you had big problems with the acting of. Ugh, oh I hate it. So maybe those three, but I mean, really, is there anyone else?
1: I mean, in theory, all the guys that are like putting on the big fight and everything at the end work for him, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, do they know more than the protagonist? See, I'm not, I'm skeptical that they do. I think
1: they I feel like I feel like yes, at least like how the entropy works cuz I feel okay. like they they're like making the plan of like here's how, what we're going to need to go back and here's how we'll split it up and we'll do that.
0: Okay. Well, so uh let's say they do know more. Do you think they could get more done if they weren't spoon-feeding him? If they just like sat him down and like told him everything?
1: No. No, I think I I understand it makes, how it plays out, it makes sense that he knows and is learning along the way. But like why, I just don't completely follow why he's a clean slate and Neil and Priya are not.
0: Um, so I think that there's only one version of Priya. Priya's never gone in a turnstile. Okay. She's just talked to the protagonist, okay. the, yes. the mastermind protagonist. Neil, on the other hand, who has gone in and out of turnstiles, the one that we're talking to, the very smart one, is a duplicate of some naive Neil who's never gone through this, who's walking around in the world somewhere not in this scene, and somehow informed Neil uh, intercepts any kind of message that would have gone to naive one and shows up in his stead.
1: So I I think when I answered your question earlier... It did not answer it appropriately. Mm-hmm. So I think when you're on... Because, like, obviously, when I was thinking when they're in the rooms and they're, one is in entropy and one is not in entropy, they can see each other. But I don't think if they're both on the same one, they can see each other. I don't think that happens.
0: I'm pretty sure forward-moving protagonist fights inverted protagonist. Remember?
1: Right, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. But so you're saying, like... So, because then how would the Neil that he meets now be more informed if he's still forward moving because the other Neil would have to be backwards moving?
0: I think if he went back far enough in time and then went through the turnstile, he would then begin at a point sooner in time and thus he would just have to wait. Like he literally could have like gone back in time however many days or weeks or whatever. Yeah. And checked into that and then gone back in a turnstile and then checked into that hotel and then sat there and waited for the protagonist. Okay. While while naive Neil, who's never done this before, is off in the world somewhere having no clue what's going on about this. He will later on in the future when he, when he in turn goes through the turnstile and then back in the turnstile.
1: So you think once you've gone through once, you can be going... You can have two going forward then because you can like, yeah, go through, come back. You're still you, but there's still you going forward, too.
0: Right. I I think I mean, the fact that you can have one going forward, one going back means you can both exist at the same time. And, and it's not like the universe explodes. You're in you're sharing. The same, I mean, they're literally punching each other. So
1: but I, they're going different directions. And I know they're going the same direction when it become one.
0: Okay, so just in your head, the 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 inverted protagonist who fights the forward moving protagonist. Just in your head, imagine inverted guy walking up to the turnstile. There's no physical barrier stopping him from going into the turnstile, walking through it and then be and then all of a sudden be moving in the same direction as forward moving protagonist. There's nothing that would stop that.
1: I mean, I understand the physics of it working like that uh-huh. <laughs> but I don't understand the rules as set up in this movie on that
0: I, I think he literally could go back to the turnstile and go into it and then be moving forward in the same direction as the other one and then there would be two at the same time
1: I'm not saying you're wrong I'm just not remembering proof of seeing proof of that
0: well, the proof is we have a Neil who's moving forward and knows all this stuff. How and else would we can? That's stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, but but the big caveat being, there must be a naive Neil out there in the world somewhere.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's it is a logical explanation. I am just going to. Need more
0: Thanks. And for Neil, maybe not for Priya, we know that Neil experienced stuff and that it's not just the protagonist like telling him stuff. Right. Because later on he talks about them doing missions together. Yeah. So so that's why I think there's two Neils moving forward, but one of them has gone through a bunch of turnstiles and one of them is fresh. Yeah. And we just never meet the naive one.
1: I follow the logic of it and I will watch the rest of it trying to prove or disprove that.
0: Okay. And the other thing we're tracking is Priya. Um, Is she legitimately, is she spoon feeding protagonist or is she legitimately meeting him for the first time? Yeah. From her perspective. Yeah. So that's another thing we need to track. Agreed. Cool. And then the next scene has something um, I'm not going to spoil, even though this is a full spoilers thing now, I think it would be more fun if I don't like say what it is. But uh, well, like, I'll see if you catch Well, I like and the
1: next scene are so good. Like, I could not rewatch this scene, which ends at 25.58. I could not 23.58. Watch. Oh, sorry. 23.58. Yeah. I could not stop there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I always watch into the next yeah. scene because it was I, so good. Yeah,
0: it's true. All right. Well, that's it. So thanks for listening, everyone. And tune in for next time. See ya. you.